You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. This episode is going to center around Michigan's hiring of Don Wink Martindale as its next defensive coordinator. We'll talk about the pros of the of the hiring, the questions that we have, uh, maybe the next step for Michigan as it tries to put its staff together, and then some other key topics related to this hire. For those that are not familiar, Wink has been a NFL coach for the last 20 years. He's been a defensive coordinator for close to half of those, including four seasons with the Baltimore Ravens, two seasons with the New York Giants. Uh, you know, we talk, we talked a couple weeks ago that Michigan will try to keep it in the Ravens tree if they can, because it's worked with Mike McDonald and Jesse Minter. And, you know, however far you want to take this metaphor, I mean, Wink kind of is the tree. <laughs> he went, he mentored, McDonald, he mentored Minter. They both worked for him for several years uh, to, to great success, obviously. So this is kind of an interesting hire because I think there's, uh, in some ways, he's kind of the the mentor. He's the guru. He's He's been around the NFL longer than a lot of Michigan's players have been alive. I mean, his last job in college was for Jack Harbaugh at Western Kentucky. So plenty, plenty to like about the hire, but also plenty of question marks. Steve, just your initial reaction, initial thoughts of the hire. I know you're putting together a, a compilation of all of our grades. What is your assessment of this hiring? Uh, I think the more like it was, even though, yeah, like you said, he's kind of like, I guess, yeah, you'd call him like the stump of the Ravens. Like, of this, yeah, whatever of the base. Right, yeah, right. The whatever, stump, yeah, yeah. Whatever, the, whatever the foundational term you want to use. Or at least use. a very big branch. Like if you want John Harbaugh to be the, the sure. tree or the stump. We, yeah, we can argue about, instrumental, we can argue about yeah. branch versus stump here. <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't have no, to though. <laughs> right? No, no, let's do it. Why not? Um, the more I thought about this, so there are a few reasons why. So the biggest thing for me, and I wrote this the other night, so it wouldn't be any news to like the subs. I don't care about this hire from a recruiting standpoint, like at all. Uh, Michigan has gotten next to nothing from recruiting wise from really almost any DC that Jim Harbaugh had, right? Uh, McDonald basically didn't recruit. Minter did, uh, but not like to an elite level or any, you know anything that even approached it. Uh, same with DJ Durkin 
And I think I wrote Don Brown was actually probably the most effective, like actual recruiter that Harbaugh had at DC. Uh, and even that, you know, wasn't say, Michigan really... fans almost wanted him less involved. I mean, granted, I mean, money fair, on the evaluations, but right. he was not going out and getting like those top 50 exactly. top recruits. So from that standpoint, I don't. And, and then the other point, the big point off of that is I'm not concerned about the effort and the the if there's one thing Sharon knows a lot about, it's about how to recruit. I mean, that's really how he sort of made his chops when he started at tight end coach, right? I mean, he was recruiting players at different positions all across the country. I mean, he knows and understands the importance of recruiting. And I think he's actually going to make recruiting itself a bigger emphasis than, than Jim did while he was here. So, you know, so for me, the two biggest things were, yeah, you didn't want somebody who was going to reinvent the wheel defensively because, you, you know, for, for everything they are losing offensively, they're bringing back a ton of talent and a good amount of experience. Honestly, the experience is in the right spots for the most part, too. And the other thing was, would the players approve? And, you know, shout out to Sam, who killed this whole coaching search, this whole, the D.C. search, uh, you know, posted a couple nights ago that the key players, so you could probably imagine, so guys like Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, Derek Moore, uh, Will Johnson, Rod Moore, like the, the main guys... Uh, we're overwhelming, like we're excited about the potential of this hire. Uh, I think those are the two biggest things because I don't think there's much question that Martindale knows how to coach defense at a high level. And the other thing is he's walking into it like, yeah, this is a Michigan defense that should be among one of the top, at least top 10 units in the country again next year with all that talent they're bringing back, right? I mean, he's getting the keys to a, I don't know if a Ferrari, but like, you know, it's not like he's walking into a situation where he needs to build something from the ground up. Yeah. Not and a rebuild. Yep. More of a, not rebuild. at all. You know, and that was the other big thing for me was whoever got this job is going to be working with multiple future players in the NFL, future draft picks. It's not, you know, um, you know, even with what they lost. But like, for instance, like I, you know, I, th- I could argue that I think Derek Moore still is a guy that could end up being better than any edge they've had since since, Hunch- since Hutchinson. Yeah, I mean, so for me, I'm I'm way more in faith. Like, you first hear about it, you're kind of like, yeah, he hasn't been in college for a really long time, et cetera, et cetera. I, I really just think this is going to be about a guy who is going to be there to coach defense, coach defensive football, and. I got to think the 20-year veteran meshing with the first-year head coach, you know, I got to think that was a point of emphasis during the interview process, right? I mean, I, you know, there's Martindale, I don't think, is a guy angling for a college head coaching job anytime soon. So I don't see us – I guess I don't worry too much about those types of situations where – um you know, I, I think this gives a this gives Sharon an opportunity to be as hands off as he needs as as possible with the defense, which I think for a, a first year guy, offensive minded, I think is you know about as best case of scenario as you could maybe ask for, and to keep Steve Klinkscale uh, on board to coach your defensive backs, who's maybe your best developer uh, from a position coach standpoint, and is a good really really good recruiter too. Uh, I think is another 
you know, big. Like it would have been great if Michigan could have kept Mike Elson as well, but to at least keep one of those two, uh, which again, like Sam did a great job. It was fascinating the back and forth for a while. It looked like Clink was leaving and Elston was staying, ends up Elston leaving, Clink staying. Um, you know, but I think, you know, all in all, I mean, I'll, uh, my grade was going to be an A minus just because I don't care one bit about the recruiting aspect of it. And I also know this isn't a guy who's going to be here for five years. And I don't right. think that needs to be the aim, you know, because I think Michigan's roster is still built to a point where I think they can still contend next year. There's questions on the offensive side of the ball, quarterback, whatever. We'll get into that in the offseason. But defensively, this is a unit that could still be a championship-level defense next year, in my opinion. So I think you bring in a guy who, who, yeah, like you said, basically taught McDonald and Minter a lot of what they know. And you're, now you're talking about a head, head coach in the NFL, a DC in the NFL, who is who probably, if you hadn't been latched to Jim, probably would have been the number one, like one of the top two or three candidates for any of the open DC jobs. Uh you know, in the NFL this offseason. So, you're, I mean, you're talking about some elite, to, you know, from a coaching standpoint. I mean, he's helped mold some some elite defensive minds. So, yeah, like I said, biggest thing for me is Michigan's defense is already really good, really talented, and, and there's going to be a lot of leadership there too. I think – I actually think in a lot of ways this could be a really good uh, marriage from strictly a coaching – player to coach like type standpoint okay a minus from you uh i think i went with a b plus i i thought hard about a b i'm i'm i see a lot of similar perks to what you outlined i think michigan will be in a position where it can continue to out scheme its opponents i know some people talk about you know wink is a little bit more stubborn does a little bit more uh, of the aggressive blitzes a lot of cover zero blitzes in the nfl but but you actually look at his whole body of work like anyone who was a defensive coordinator for seven, eight years in the NFL, like you, you don't get to that level and you don't stay at that level as long as you do without showcasing versatility, without uh, showcasing, you know, an ability to be multiple on your defense. And so I, I curious to see kind of what he does with this personnel, but you know, I, I think the, some of the concerns from that standpoint are, over, are a little overblown in my opinion. I do think Michigan will be able to out scheme, pretty much all of its opponents. I mean, I know Ohio State just hired a pretty experienced, pretty highly regarded offensive mind as their new, their second OC of of the 2024 season. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, you know, that, that'll be an intriguing matchup. But yeah, I mean, Michigan's going to be able to go into a lot of these matchups and, and feel like it has the preparation schematic X's and O's advantage. In addition to, you know, Will Johnson will be regarded as one of the top cornerbacks in the country, Mason Graham will be viewed as the top defensive tackle, Kenneth Grant. You know, even the guys who haven't necessarily been stars at Michigan, but like Josiah Stewart, great finish to the season. Uh, Jay Sean Barham, great transfer addition from Maryland. You know, Rod Moore, Ernest Hausman, Makari Page. I mean, really, uh, you could pretty much other than like that nickel spot, maybe that second corner spot, you know, you kind of already have your starting 11 on defense. I think the spring will be about finding depth and then getting the most out of your star players. But yeah, very turnkey. And so I think, you know, we talked two weeks ago, probably want more of an X's and O's coordinator than 
a building, recruiting, developing kind of coordinator because you don't need that right now. Maybe in a couple of years, if you know staff turnover or whatever, uh, maybe that is a direction you want to go. But yeah, you pretty much just kind of want as close to what McDonald and Minter gave you. And I will say, I don't think Martindale was Michigan's first choice. I think that's it's not publicly officially documented by Michigan, but you know, in terms of uh, if you've been following our coverage, if you've been following coverage elsewhere, there were other names that were that were listed or included. But Steve, I, I was putting it together earlier today. Michigan is not the only program that's going after that that Baltimore Ravens tree. This this offseason alone, the LA Chargers, Baltimore Ravens, Miami Dolphins, Tennessee Titans, and USC all hired former Martindale assistants as defensive coordinators. I mean, that's what four, and that's not counting the Seattle Seahawks who hired Mike McDonald as head coach. So you're talking about six high-level assistants who are either NFL or Michigan or USC uh, defensive coordinators. I mean, that's that's kind of crazy if you think about it, just the tree. And that, I think that speaks to Martindale's m- mentorship mind a little bit. I mean, you know, I, I know it's not the same as like coaching 18-year-olds, but like clearly he has an ability to convey schematic intel, information, strategy, uh, philosophies, in a way that, that other people can pick it up and understand it. So yeah, I expect Michigan to, to win the, like the scheme battle, the X's and O's battle uh, pretty much every game that it plays next season. It might, it might, he might not win every single one of those, but I expect them to be very much in the conversation for one of the best coordinated defenses in the country. Um, And I also can't, you know, I mentioned all those coordinators. I mean, when that many NFL teams are trying to get a, a piece of this, of this Ravens formula, uh, you know, some of the guys they, they quote unquote missed on, I wouldn't even consider that Michigan's fall. It's just hard to say no to an NFL defensive coordinator job when, <laughs> you know, over Michigan. So yeah, Martindale, I think, I think there's a, a lot to like about it. I, I do think the concern I I'm with you. I don't think they need, a, their defensive coordinator to be like a top tier recruiter, not a huge concern of mine. I mean, Mike McDonald really wasn't, uh, you know, Jesse Minter wasn't. I do think I'm very curious to to see because I don't know if it'll be a strength. I don't know if it'll be a weakness, but I am curious how Martindale does developing the younger crop of players because there's a few angles at play here one not gonna sugarcoat it you know regarding martindale he's been fired twice in the last three years you know this is someone who if he had his choice he would not be at the college level whereas like mcdonald and minter the michigan dc job was kind of like a step up and a chance to prove themselves martindale's trying to you know he's he, he probably comes in with a chip on his shoulder he still has something to prove but but you know i i over the years have become kind of wary of the NFL coaches or veteran position coaches who are taking a college job and viewing it as a step down. I think you can go one of two ways with that. Either a it's, it's your chance to kind of recalibrate and and maybe try some different things and, and show that you still got it. Or it's kind of, you know, a job that you think you're above, you know, I, I, I'm not saying Martindale is this way, but I think there have been coaches who, you know, maybe think they're above some of the, the 
less glamorous parts of the job and recruiting often gets cited. But so you think about like a true freshman, you know, if they don't like, if you're not seeing eye to eye with them, how are you going to engage with them? How are you going to work things out with them? Is it going to be, Hey, it's my way or or you're sitting on the bench or go ahead and transfer. I don't need you. Or is it going to be, and I thought, I thought Jesse Minter was especially good at this and, and McDonald got a lot of credit for it too. Uh, you know, they were really accessible coaches. They were empowering coaches. You know, if they, if they had a freshman that, you know, maybe was having a tough spring, for example, you know, they, it was much more, how can we get the most out of you? Not figure it out or you're gone. And I think that that ladder culture, the figure my way or the highway, I think that really hurt Michigan in the 2019, 2020 years. I, I think that there was a little bit of that sense of like, you know, it's just just not the not necessarily the most optimal way to coach players in today's college football. And and you know, I know a lot of people have a lot of opinions about that. I still think you can coach players hard, but kind of like Sharon Moore, I think there does have to be the coach them hard, love them harder approach where you're there for them. Curious to see how Martindale does because compared to the last time he had to coach teenagers, this is a genuinely a literal different generation of players. So you know, I, I think a lot of people look at the recruiting. I still think that matters. He can't hurt you on the recruiting trail. Steve, I think you would agree with that. I mean, if he's a net neutral, I think Michigan can work with that. Um, you know, as long as he's not like annoying it, anybody. Or right. Whatever. There's like, a, there's an easy path to make him a plus on the recruiting trail. It's extensive yeah. experience at the NFL level. I mean, think about all the Pro Bowl players he's coached. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, it and that's where you you know, if utilized properly can be actually end up being a plus, you know, the minus talk is all about, yeah, I don't think he's a guy that's going to be honestly, I mean, if we're being honest, not a guy that's going to be on the phone with kids day after day, you know, working recruitments like crazy or anything like that, you know? Uh, but when you get a kid to campus, you sit him down in the film room and you, and you, and you you talk, you just, you're talking one-on-one, you know, yeah, there's a, there's a wealth, of yeah experience players he's coached again you know kind of i don't know if you saw this how did you see jed fish talk about his nfl over nil approach i don't think i saw that no okay well they brought up brought up you know like you saw steve belichick's going to be the defensive coordinator etc etc um kind of what sort of the same thing he was talking about was you know focus on you want to get paid some amount right now where where we can develop you into a, a player who will get a second contract in the NFL. You know, that's sort of the similar angle where I feel like, you know, Michigan can turn this into something of a positive recruiting wise, right? And I, I kind of feel like that's sort of what they did with with McDonald and Minter, right? Um well and Martindale will even get I mean he's gonna have the attention of every recruit that he talks to. Like, it's not going to be, oh, who's this guy? I mean, if you're serious about football and making it to the NFL, you probably know who Wink Martindale is at this point. Because, right. you know, if, whether if you play the nickel, you've seen Marlon Humphrey, right? <laughs> you know, you could probably go through the whole Ravens defense. I mean, there's a lot of players, and he can he can name drop probably as well as any defensive coordinator in the country right now. So Exactly. And that's He'll something go that, a long ways, right? I mean, it, it, yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't think he needs to be like a recruiting shark. 
I do think Michigan has to find a strategy where he isn't his approach is not going to like set Michigan back. Cause I do think, you know, part of the, the unspoken part, you know, we mentioned McDonald Minter. Uh, I think McDonald ended up being a part of what's turning out to be a great class, but yeah, the last Michigan's last two recruiting classes have been lower ranked. I think they've got a lot of guys, but Michigan's freshmen, especially on defense, I think we saw bits and pieces of like of, of DJ Waller, but it's, you know, we're still trying to see who's going to step up next. And, and so if he isn't a shark in recruiting, I think that's fine. But I do think for me, the bigger concern is, is how does he click with not just the star players, the players who have already kind of, they already understand complex defenses. They already under, you know, they're elite athletes. They're great football players. They're probably going to be drafted pretty highly. I'm thinking more like that as you're trying to build depth, as you're trying to build for the future, you know, is he going to be able to connect with a freshman who's just starting to understand some of these, you know, disguise blitzes or, or, you know, the, the multiplicity of coverage, you know, some of the different things that, that this defense is known for, is he going to be able to click with them? And is he going to want to click with them? Because Steve, I correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Martindale is going to be at Michigan more than a year or two. Right. I would I would be surprised if there's a year three for him. So I'm not trying to make assumptions, but that is always the concern. I think when like a it's a veteran coach, especially one who still thinks they should be in the NFL. Because again, if he was if he was calling his shot, I mean, I think you know he would not only be a NFL defensive coordinator. I think he believes he can still be an NFL head coach, which is great. That means he's going to be motivated, have a chip on his shoulder, have something to prove in Ann Arbor. But yeah, is he is he going to be able to connect with the players? Because I I really, as much as we talk about the X's and O's changes, I think that was the biggest difference from twenty 2020 twenty and twenty nineteen to twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. Is I think the players on defense had more of a buy in. They were more, uh, they they bought in more to understanding the why of the defense in addition to the what and the how. And I think, you know, just it was it was clear to me as someone who sat in for interviews for all four of those or all five of those seasons, plus the prior ones, the football IQ of the defense was just phenomenal the last couple seasons, last three seasons, really. And I think a lot of that was the players were like really they really felt like they could pick Jesse Minter's brain. They really felt like they could pick Mike McDonald's brain. They, They both had you know, open door policies, you know, it was very, very collaborative, very uh, accessible coaches. And so that will be something I'm curious to see. I'm not, I'm not saying Martindale can't do that or that he hasn't done that necessarily, but with a younger team, with a younger generation of players than he's used to coaching and maybe a little bit of that back in college, I'm sure he's excited about the Michigan job, but at the same time, you know, I'm sure in his mind, he's kind of thinking, all right, I'll, I'll do the Jesse Minter. I'll do the Mike McDonald and, and see if I can get myself an NFL job in the near future. I I'm just curious about that. If, if he can keep that accessibility, that empowerment, that connection with the players, not, not just the star players, but the younger players going to me, that's, that's the bigger question mark than recruiting. Cause yeah, Michigan, their defensive recruiting is going to be on the position coaches, which they still have to fill out that staff. 
thinking about clink, thinking about, you know, what they already have at defensive tackle or, or edge, you know, I, I expect the recruiting to kind of put itself together in the coming weeks and months. I think the bigger question will be like, what's, what's the vibe with the players? So that's that, you know, along with a couple other things why I gave it a B plus Steve, any other concerns on your end about Wink Martindale? I mean, I know you're a little bit higher on the higher than I think the rest of our, the people who are doing the grades in, in your story, but any other concerns jump out? I mean, one thing that I'm curious about, he's coached so long that he literally worked for Jesse Minter's dad and Jim Harbaugh's dad. And now he's working for a coach 22 years younger than him. I mean, I, again, I think Michigan's had for years has had a very nice offense defense divide. You know, Harbaugh was not hands-on with anything on, on Michigan's defense, but you know, that'll be another dynamic. That'll be interesting. Is like, how it, does he mentor Sharon? Does he, do they kind of do their own separate things? And, and Sharon just kind of like brings everyone together at, at the team overall stuff. You know, I'm curious about that dynamic because, yeah, Sharon Moore is very new to being a head coach and he's bringing in a, a really proven, established veteran. Curious about that dynamic as well. Any other questions you have about this about this hire or, or what kind of is next for Wink Martindale? So my my overall, my biggest question is whether or not Michigan's next defensive coordinator will also be on their staff to begin the season. Right. Uh, Because I feel like there's a possibility that Michigan may try to like that Martindale may be sort of a bridge and that if Sharon finds the right hire, whether it's somebody who's following Martindale from Baltimore, New York or whatever, or if it's somebody else, if, if, you know, they feel like they may be able to yeah, cause again, I'm in total agreement with you. Uh, I'd be shocked if he's here more than two seasons. So, I mean, I guess if I put myself in Sharon's shoes, I am kind of think starting to, I'm already kind of thinking you want to kind of start to think a step ahead, right? Like you want to maybe. Well, that has to be on your mind. Right. We'll talk about it in the second half of the episode, but it has to be a little bit on your mind when you're deciding who to hire. Right. So that, I mean, to me, that's the, my, and it's just my biggest question in general. I don't necessarily like big question mark. Yeah. I think relatability to the players will be, Interesting, but again, I think, I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm trying not to be too optimistic about it, but I mean, I kind of feel like you're talking about players picking Minter's brain, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I just feel like Michigan has a almost a very NFL-like approach program-wise anyway. I think that's fair. Yeah, and, and, I think and so, that's very much right on their mind when they build the culture, when they when they conduct practices, I think they do try to have an NFL influence and, and their approach to players is, Hey, you might like it. You might not like it, but this is what gets done in the NFL. Right. So, you know, I, I guess I just kind of point back to the fact, and again, this is going to change in some capacity. Like again, Elston leaves, Minter leaves, Jay Harbaugh leaves, Jim leaves. Michigan has not had one player of consequence enter the portal at this point. Amarian Walker, potential guy, but not somebody who had really produced yet at the college level. I think, again, I, 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 this still speaks to the culture that Michigan has in that locker room and the leadership they have that these guys, dude, you know, 
I'll bet Mason Graham had 25 schools try to contact him in some capacity. Like, I wouldn't be shocked. You know what I mean? Um, very tempting. And the fact that these guys have, at the very least, waited to see who the hiring is, who the hire is going to be, because they get a 30 day window after Jim is out, you know, I think speaks a lot to, yeah, just the, the, the culture in there. And then, and then, yeah, then the, for them to be, from what we've known, what we reported that they were very positive about this potential hiring to me speaks a lot about, yeah, I think that it's a group that does really take an NFL type approach to things. And in that regard, again, I can see where it can be a positive for a Mason Graham or a, or a Will Johnson or whatever, where they may look at it the same way we were talking about, where it's like, this is actually the guy that taught both Coach Mack and Coach Minter some of the stuff that they know. So imagine what we might be able to learn from him. But, yeah, well, and he can, he can come in and basically be like, Mason, you remind me of this pro bowler. Right. right? Or, or this guy that I coached. Or he can say, Will Johnson, I want to – expand your role like I did with this player like you know I always kind of roll my eyes about like the the value I don't know if the value of name dropping is as high as some people think but it's there I mean and he and it's not just name dropping I mean he'd be able to say like I remember doing this here's my experience with that here's what I want to here's how I want to grow your game I mean yeah with we'll talk a little bit more about player well, maybe we'll just talk about it now but you know I think with the players that get cited as like, oh, they might not hang on to this player. They're all one-year guys. It's not, you know, it's a little different if it's like an incoming freshman. But, you know, if you're Mason Graham, you're thinking, well, hey, I'm already kind of a projected top whatever pick. Or if you're Will Johnson, I mean, you're almost a lock to be a first-round pick anyways. You know, so so I don't know if the money chasing will be there. And, and I think all of the, you know, I think all... I'm assuming all of them are going to give Michigan the spring because they're already enrolled, right? It, it set them back academically for them to like, and they couldn't practice with a team this spring if they transferred at this point. So I forgot, I kind of forgot where I was going with that, but yeah, Martindale, he can really, he's going to command their attention. I mean, Mason Graham is absolutely going to hear what Wink Martindale has to say about his game and where he can go from here. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm, I guess I am a little more positive on it than most people are. I, I just I just feel like it's a much – it's a, you know, Joe Cullen, the other name, really kind of mentioned. I mean, how much different is that higher – would that have – like than this is, I guess. And, and again, I just – the continuity, the sponge-like approach from the players that we just talked about. I just – there's a lot – there are a lot of pluses for me. Again, it does depend on who, yeah, who's who's surrounding him because they are going to have to have some aggressive recruiters that are going to surround him. I mean, one area, one way they kind of like to approach it, and they did this with Jim, is like, you know, Jim would never be like the first guy to contact or to to that a prospect would talk to. You kind of recruit, recruit. You kind of build that person up. You build that figure up so that when you meet them, you know, it's a very big deal to sit in the room with. Wink Martindale and break down defensive film type deal. So, you know, <clears throat> it'll be on the position coaches to obviously promote themselves, promote the program, and then also, but then kind of use his experience in the NFL and just his experience, period, uh, you know, as a something that they can lean on recruiting wise. And the other thing, too, like 
he's an Ohio native. I mean, so he's he's got to have some, you know, and like you said, he coached under Jack Harbaugh, coached under Rick Minter. There's got to be a, there's got to be at least a decent amount of familiarity there with at least with the rivalry and <clears throat> the Michigan football program. So, you know, it's it's not as if he's a lifelong Texas or Florida type guy or whatever, you know. And I think those little things they they can matter. I mean, it, will it make a difference the third week of November? Not necessarily, but it just it's you know I think it's one of those things that it it can't hurt you. So yeah, he's he's familiar. I don't know if, if how much people know his history. I mean, I think he was. I want to get this right, but I think he was like a trucker or worked for his dad's trucking business for a few years. So he, and he would do like a, a Ohio, Northern Ohio to Southern Michigan drive all the time. He actually grew to hate the job and that's part of why he went back into coaching. But um, yeah, he's familiar with the area. He's familiar with the the stakes of the rivalry, probably more so to be honest with than Minter and McDonald. I mean, you know, and I think that's something that coaches can learn. <laughs> you know, I think I think you'd rather have them learn the nuances and and stuff about the rivalry or or you know the Midwest connections. You'd rather have them be learning that than like the high level X's and O's stuff. We're gonna hit a quick break on the other side. We'll talk about the key priorities for Michigan's the rest of Michigan's defensive staff and kind of assess how Sharon Moore and Michigan have put together their staff so far. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast so steve we did kind of hint at it a few moments ago but we we talk about it doesn't matter a ton just how good of a, a recruiter how natural of a recruiter wink martindale is a defensive coordinator 
but they still need a defensive line coach. They still need a linebackers coach. I'm assuming they they still need a safeties coach. I'm not quite sure with with JB Brown being a special teams only coach. Uh, but Kirk Campbell, I know, is OC and quarterbacks coach. You know, I don't know exactly the dynamic they're looking for on defense in terms of of Clink Scales probably going to coach safeties and cornerbacks. I think he did a lot of that, anyways. Uh, but but still, you do need a couple more assistants. Biggest priority for you with these assistants, you 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 kind of hinted maybe you want someone who you feel could grow into your next defensive coordinator. Uh, I also think if you're getting a longtime NFL guy, these are hires where you probably want to look for experience at the college level. Even if the the coach has never been like a top 10 recruiter by 24-7 sports, you probably do want some familiarity with the uh, so-called grind of being a college assistant coach. So, yeah, I think that, yeah, a a potential in-waiting type, at least that level of guy somewhere. But I do think you know, you still want to recruit at a high level, right? You And, and like I think you said, <clears throat> if if he brings maybe one guy with him from the NFL, uh, but you don't want a defensive staff full of guys coming over from the NFL. Because, I mean, to me, you're seeing it. I mean, I don't – I can't think of a guy who has left college at this point and gone to the NFL and wanted to come back the way that recruiting is today with, with all the other, all the bells and whistles. It's a, that go it's a good it. way to put it. Yeah. No one's like, I just really missed the college game. Hey, I mean, no I'll tell you it. what, I'll tell you what, somebody on the board asked about, you know, Jerry Montgomery who coached at Michigan for a couple of years, went to Oklahoma and then went to green Bay. And uh, I think new England just hired him as their defensive line coach. You couldn't pay that guy enough money to come back to the college game at this point. Uh, I think there was a point in time when he was in green Bay that he would have thought about it if the money was right. But now, no way. That guy will never leave the NFL unless he absolutely and I and I use that just that's just an example, but I think that's the I think that's the very, very, very common thought. I mean, look at some of the guys you're seeing. You're seeing a lot of college coaches flock uh to the NFL at this point. So you got I think it's it's gotta be, yeah, a combo of familiarity with today's college game and which sort of goes hand in hand with, I think you got, you want guys that are going to be able to recruit. Right. And like I said, I, I no anticipation that, 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 that won't be one of the main focuses because like I said, Sharon, very keen on making, you know, talk about expanding the recruiting department, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the coaches are still the guys that get the job done. You, you got, you want guys out there that are going to work. So those are the two biggest things for me. Yeah, you 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 want to try to at least identify a candidate or a potential hire that that is capable of maybe taking over, or a guy that yeah you give him a year or two of seasoning that could take over. But otherwise, I think a lot of it should be. And again, I mean, there yeah, you st- you still want the guy to be able to coach like that's but but you can find guys that can coach and recruit. So you know, I think a pro- I think a focus. At least, or maybe like a you know where recruiting is not neglected in any way, shape, or form, and maybe even preferred, but not at the expense of the ability to coach. I think is what Michigan needs to look for to fill out their defensive staff. You look offensively right now. Kurt Campbell, good recruiter. Sharon, who will still have a big hand. He'll he'll be a much more visible recruiter as that head coach than Jim was. Um, obviously a great recruiter. Ron Bellamy, very underappreciated as a recruiter. And Grant Newsom is a rising star. I feel like he's going to 
kill it uh, on the offensive line. I think he'll mesh really well in recruiting the offensive line type kid. Uh, we'll see what happens at running back. You know, if if Mike Hart is back or not, we'll see. But either way, offensively, they look pretty solid from a recruiting standpoint. But defensively, yeah, I mean, that's why, like I said earlier, getting Klingscale back was was pretty significant because he's a very, very good recruiter. He's had Michigan in a lot of races that they might not have necessarily been in before. But then also, he's kind of the epitome of the Harbaugh staff where it's like the guys, like you take JoJo Edmond, who they flipped from Purdue the day after Aaron Scott committed to Ohio State, and now JoJo Edmonds ranked higher than Bryce West, who was the other, at the time, was like a borderline five-star kid that committed to Ohio State. You know, they had they basically had Edmond waiting in the wings to flip, uh, and he was a three-star at that point. Now he's like a top, almost a top 100 kid. Like, he's that great combo of it has you in the big recruitments, but also can find a guy uh, you know, and identify some some talents a little that are a little bit under the radar. So, so yeah, I mean, getting him back is big, but you still want like their D. Like if they're going to hire a D line guy, I think it's got to be somebody who can really, really recruit. You know, because D line more often than not, I think, especially in the middle, it's the guys that you want to try to you want elite guys in those spots. You know, it's it's you can't always wait two or three years to develop a guy in the middle, at least even from just a depth piece standpoint. So, uh, so yeah, I think those would be the two biggest things for me. Yeah. I think at D line I'm with you. I, I think you almost want like a D line coordinator. If that makes sense. Like you want someone who can kind of run point on all the defensive line recruiting on all the defensive line development. And and that's where like Mike Elston was really valuable because he wasn't technically a like defensive coordinator before, but I think at Michigan and at Notre Dame, it was very easy for Michigan's coaching staff to kind of like the other coaches to focus on other positions. Of course, there's always going to be like, Hey, this guy really connected with the family or this guy has connections in this region. There's always going to be kind of interpositional recruiting, but I think where Elson was really valuable was both in talent development, evaluation and recruiting. It really felt like it was just like, he could just run his own ship. And I think that that's something that could be really valuable. So things I would be looking for experience at the position at a power five level, I think could be, could be something really valuable. Like, like doesn't have to be like a seasoned veteran, but maybe someone who's been in a similar program to Michigan or, or another big 10 program or another power five program and has, has done this knows the recruiting knows the positional development. Uh, you know, I think I think Greg Madison, I know people have different opinions about him now than a few years ago, but I think that was another uh, positional coach who who was a really nice asset as a defensive line coach where I think Michigan didn't have to, like, kind of help. You know, he could he kind of had his own and they were unified. They were a really unified group. You know, I think about like they would go to uh, Madison's house for cookies on Sunday. You know, if you got a sack, you got you know extra cookie or whatever. I mean, it's and I think Elston had a similar rapport both with the players on campus, but also recruiting. I, I think that's maybe where you are looking for like a future defensive coordinator. doesn't necessarily have to be like, you don't have to put that in writing, but you want to look for someone who's, who's proven it at the power five level that, that isn't going to be someone you have to like advise. If you're Sharon Moore, if you're, if you're Wink Martindale, you know, they, they can kind of hit the ground running and kind of almost run their own like 
sidecar. You know, they're not they're not technically the coordinator of the defense, but they're they're kind of running their own show, both recruiting and talent development up front. Linebacker, I think you can go in a few different directions. And I think that's where I don't really know what the right answer is. I, I think part of me would say just let Martindale bring in who he wants to bring in because he's coached a lot of linebacker. So, you know, he can kind of, I know they they want like a kind of a walk around defensive coordinator, but he can step in more at linebacker than, than the other position groups, I would say. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a position where I think there's some value in bringing in your own guy because a lot of times they know who the next, you know, who, who's a rising, <laughs> rising star in the industry. I think about, you know, Mike McDonald, when he was brought in, and Steve, you can attest to this, before he took the job at Vanderbilt as defensive coordinator, the guy Mike McDonald wanted to bring in was Jesse Minter. And sure enough, that was, you know, it turns out they were both rising stars in the industry. So um, I think there's some value in letting him bring someone that he's familiar with, that he trusts, that he's comfortable with. I do kind of feel like that could be a position where, Maybe you do do a so-called recruiting hire, though. You know, not not necessarily a pure, like, 100% recruiting hire. You still want someone who knows scheme, who knows player development. But, you know, sometimes we talk about, like, tight end coach or or some of, some of these other more spe- specific position coaches. You're hiring guys who do coach their position, but they're what they really bring to the table is recruiting. And I think just knowing that Martindale knows linebackers super well kind of wonder if that's an opportunity to hire more on the recruiting side. But to be honest with you, if I'm sure one more, I'm probably telling Wink Martindale, hey, we're going to swing big, spend the big bucks, and try to get a really high-level defensive line coach. Linebacker coach can be whoever you want to bring in. We trust you. Because I do think there is value, especially you know thinking about staff camaraderie, things like that, uh, and having assistant coaches that you can trust. I think very underrated difference between Michigan in 2020 and Michigan in 2021 was it felt like the staff was much more cohesive. I can't speak to the recruiting side of things, but in terms of how practices were operated in terms of, you know, how players were coached, it did feel a lot more collaborative, a lot more cohesive in 2021. So I do think you want like good camaraderie. Um, They don't have to know each other now, but you do want personalities that mesh and guys who are, who are hungry to prove, stuff for themselves i mean it's the same with players but you know assistant coaches i'm a big believer in and i'm probably a little biased this way but i'm a big believer in like the young hungry up-and-coming coaches uh being extremely valuable especially as positional coaches i think that that really affects the extra grunt work that is asked a position coach we talk about all these coaches who don't come back from the nfl (laughs) or don't want to come back from the nfl um, it is a grind. It is a lot of hard work. So I think you want someone who's going to to embrace the grind. So that that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm like D line coach. That's your, you know, maybe you're bringing out your home run swing for that. You're trying to get a a name guy. Doesn't have to be the biggest name. It should be a name that you know, but someone that that you feel like you could probably entrust to be a coordinator linebacker. I think you can go in two different directions. And I'd probably, if I were a head coach, I'd probably err on the side of, Wink, we're glad you're here. We want you to get someone that you trust, that you like, that you believe in to be this linebacker's coach. Uh, Steve, last thing on our on our agenda to talk about, player retention. We kind of hinted, don't expect it to be 
a huge problem. Certainly, I mean, I got to think everyone's going to give these coaches the spring, right? I mean, I think there's this notion that like players are looking to leave. I don't know where that comes from. I, I guess paranoia, fear, like they just won a national championship. We talked to guys like Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, Will Johnson all season long. I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's excitement. They believe they can be the best defense in the country yet again. Uh, any additional thoughts on, you know, what the coaching staff can do? I mean, you know, does Michigan need to show from the NIL side of things that it, that it can be competitive? I mean, I guess, I guess your thoughts on, on player retention, because we talk about all these star players and budding stars on defense that, that can make this a top five defense in the country yet again. Uh, but I know the fans, there's a lot of concern about losing some of those players, some of those talented players who might go to either a more lucrative situation or maybe a a someone ranked higher in the preseason polls. I do think there's this weird notion that Michigan's going to be like not a top 10 team. And maybe they're not. But in terms of preseason polls, I, I'd be very surprised uh, if they weren't a preseason top 10 team. Yeah, I mean, obviously the NIL, it's going to matter to some extent, right? Because you we, you're seeing a select group of schools that are clearly throwing around a lot to, to build their rosters up. So if you're a Michigan player, even if even if leaving isn't like at the forefront of your mind, but you get these schools calling and, and throwing amounts or, you know, they're just with like telling you these, like just telling you these amounts and all this type of stuff. I mean, it, it's hard in that, in that position to not at least listen. Right. So, I mean, there's going to be, yeah, there's got to be some pressure on Michigan to say like, don't, you don't have to worry about that side of the, like that side of things. Like we'll, we'll, you'll be taken care of. This is how, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's just the reality of what college football is uh, at this point that, it's not something that you're just, you can't, we talk about the culture. Uh, you can't just say culture and not, and then just, you know, neglect or, or try to downplay the potential impact of, of the, I hate, I'm just done calling it NIL almost, but whatever. Um, but otherwise, yeah. I mean, at the same time, like you said, I mean, look at Alabama after Saban left, look at Washington after, Kalen DeBoer left. I mean, you're seeing when coaches, when head coaches leave, you're normally seeing like uh, those new staffs aren't getting the benefit of like you talked about, you know, Michigan, like these, like they may want to see, or they're going to give these coaches a chance. It's like, that's not really how it's been working for uh, other programs that have had, that have are in similar situations. Well, and that's where I think Michigan owes Harbaugh. Thank you. Right. Right. I don't know if it would have made a difference, but I do think the fact that Harbaugh left, significantly after most schools drop ad deadline because i i believe has any i think one scholarship player has entered the portal in like the additional 30-day window after harbaugh's departure right so that's one area where michigan yeah is is they're probably going to get the spring with almost everybody right so yeah player i mean like I said, when we sort of talk about the hire, I said the two things for me were continuity and player retention. What, what we know of is the, the reactions and positive. So I'm just going to lean on that and say, you know, it's still something to be cognizant of, you know, as spring approaches and then after spring ball passes. But Michigan now has 
what appears to be a, a well-received hire at DC. And then they all, yeah, they also have time to say, Hey, like with the NIL stuff, like, like I said, you'll be taken care of. This is what, this is the plan, et cetera, et cetera. Which again, it's another area where I, f- I do feel like you're going to see some positive developments uh, with Sharon in charge. I just think he's in a position to, to, like I said, modernize a lot of areas of the recruiting aspect. Do I think Michigan is going to start throwing bags at five stars? No, I don't really think that's going to going to happen. Nor it hasn't. It, it's not necessarily conducive. There's a great chance that something like that would damage what Michigan. I think there's a confidence there that Michigan can still build an elite roster every year with aggressiveness in the portal, chipping away at finding the right elite prospects to add, and then also adding a lot of guys who are like that high three-star, low four-star guy who can turn into like a a big-time player in like year two or year three. So um, either way, I do think Michigan will be, will modernize, be a little bit more aggressive in some of those areas. So player retention important for the hire, but with that hire being made and it being well-received, it's, it's not, uh, I don't like Michigan will not be in dire straits. I I would be very surprised at this point now, if any of like the major, major contributors on the defense were to depart. So my opinion, not again, who knows, but I just, I don't foresee it at this point. Yeah. This stuff changes on a dime. I think you and I both know that and acknowledge that, but I, I, th- I think it's something Michigan has to keep in mind. I don't think it has to pander or play. Like if you're a coach now, you know, if a, if another team is offering X amount of money and players like, Hey, I'm leaving. If you don't match this, you know, I guess you have to, you have to take each of those situations as they come. But, but yeah, by and large, I mean, I think Michigan should just keep doing what it's doing. I mean, I think Sharon Morris talked about like, I'm going to be me as a coach. You know, that's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to, you know, be someone that I'm not or fit, fit into whatever framework. I think the players want, like he's going to be himself. And so, yeah, I think that's, that's what every coach should be doing, including Wink Martindale, I assume will be right. You know, settling in in Michigan's facilities uh, in the next week, start to get to know some of the players. Haven't heard a ton of player reaction, but curious to to hear kind of what they think of him and and uh, it, you know at the very least, I do think the players are going to listen to what he has to say because he's coached a lot of phenomenal football players, a lot of players who are exactly where all of these Michigan players dream of being at some point. You know whether it's Pro Bowl starter star in the NFL. Yeah, very, very experienced. Honestly, maybe don't know don't know how much more experience you could realistically get in in a defensive coordinator in terms of high level of football. I mean, he's coached against every elite offense in, in the NFL. So fascinating to see how it clicks. And as we mentioned at the top, he at the very least is one of the key branches of that Ravens tree. You, know, you can call John Harbaugh the originator if you like, but he's he coached it with Baltimore from 2012 to 2021, four years as defensive coordinator. And as I said, I mean, all of these Ravens disciples who have become defensive coordinators in the NFL, uh, he he had a hand in developing all of them. So we'll see what's next for him and Michigan 
now that that hire is complete. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. We've got lots of written stories over at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan.247sports.com. Our whole staff has been all over this hire, and, and obviously we've kept tabs on all the other assistant coaching hires that Sharon Moore has made. There's more to come, so definitely be sure to check all of that out. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. We'll see you next time. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.